back, everyone, to another episode of The Basin Binge as we continue through Animation Hall of Fave Volume 2, completing the Kung Fu Panda trilogy with Kung Fu Panda 3. Let's just jump right into it here with the first segment. Before I do that, I just want to mention, if you are interested, there is a giveaway happening for Animation Hall of Fave 2, so stick around for After Two Cents. I'll let you know how you can enter to win one of the films that I'm reviewing during animation season, in addition to a $10 movie gift card. Let's get started with the first segment here, Two Cents, which is completely spoiler-free. Just kind of my knee-jerk reaction to the film. Now that this, and, and kind of talking about the trilogy as well, not just Kung Fu Panda 3, after these three films, I've concluded that Poe is my favorite chosen one character that we get. He's never cocky, he's never rude, and as far as heroes go, he's just genuinely the best. He's really kind, and as in addition to the ability to ma- maintain the MacGuffin or to learn the, the essential thing to gain some ability he has all those things but he also just has genuine personality and kindness that always makes him sincerely himself and i I love that about poe he always gives people the benefit of the doubt and always tries to teach the villain whatever lessons he's learned through the course of the film it's unlike anyone else and i'm glad we have an entire trilogy of skadooshing to enjoy it's bittersweet that this is all over but beyond poe kung fu panda has all that i've loved from the other two films as far as the animation goes animation is surprisingly beautiful i think the strongest of the trilogy vastly unique and always technically impressive. The voice cast goes right along with those beautiful images, adding their beautiful voices. The original cast is phenomenal, but this film adds J.K. Simmons and Brian Cranston. I mean, like, these films have attracted incredible voice cast, and they do incredible work. The Kung Fu, as well, which is essential for these films, is really phenomenal. The choreography, the action work, and the cinematography during that action is really, really fun. You can tell that the artist who crafted the visuals of this film had a lot of fun planning the locations of the choreography. It works really well. It's hard to pick a favorite when it comes to the Kung Fu choreography, but this is definitely near the top, some of those fight sequences. Kung Fu Panda 3 starts to stumble, though, in its heart so to speak, the, the heart of the film or the message. Chi is this iteration's tool of kung fu empowerment, and it's a really, really fun tool. The final battle that, of, of course, all these films have with the enlightenment that Poe gains is a lot of fun. It stumbles, though, in obtaining that chi and the need for it not feeling as personal as, say, the Dragon Scroll or gaining inner peace with the previous two films. Poe must become a chi master, but it seems like just for the sake of chi, Kai, the villain, is a threat because he's greedy and his motives feel really weak, and his presence feels really weak, but he does present a new challenge for Poe, a spiritual one. And the message of understanding yourself and being yourself is wonderful, but it just doesn't feel as natural a journey as before. It feels like this journey for Chi is forced more so out of Kai's presence than it is out of Poe's individual journey. And the Kung Fu Panda films have always had a wonderful yin-yang of all of these things, beautiful animation, comedy, action, and also telling a story that is about gaining some MacGuffin that allows Poe to defeat the villain. But more than that, it was about a journey that Poe went on, and it was always about him. This doesn't feel like it's as sincere. It's still really funny and really entertaining and just struggles in being as emotionally moving as the other films are. It's just difficult because Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2 are phenomenal, and you're comparing it to something as credible as those, it's difficult. But this is going to be a brief episode, so the brief two cents to go right along with it. So let's move on to the other segments. Super, super quick announcement here. Like I mentioned, for Animation Hall of Fave 2, I love animated films. It's all about reviewing those. I want to be able to help others enjoy these animated films as well. So the way that you can enter, because what I'm giving away is a copy of one of these films that I review, the winner's choice. So any of the films that are coming throughout the Animation Hall Fave, including these Kung Fu Panda films, is your chance to win. The way that you can enter between January and February 
Any review left on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify gives you an entry. Additionally, any share on social media where you tag the Basement Binge on Instagram, that also gives you an entry into the giveaway. Letterbox also counts as sharing on social media, just I don't get notifications of those tags, so, you know, DM me or something. Send me a screenshot so I can be sure to see it. Either way, through the entire animation season, which is January and February, every single entry you can win one of those films. So first prize winner, of course, is going to win a copy of the film. Second prize winner gets to it gets a $10 gift card to either a video on demand service like Vudu, Apple, Prime Video, something like that, where you can rent or purchase digital films, or a $10 gift card to a local movie theater. So leave those reviews. I always recommend Podchaser because it's absolutely free. It's also really fantastic. And it allows you to leave more than one review and have multiple entries because you can review each individual episode. It's podchaser.com slash the basement binge, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. With Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the notification system towards me isn't fantastic. So if you want to be for sure that you enter, just send me a screenshot of your review to the email listed below, bingebasement at gmail.com. But that's enough for me. Let's have a super brief announcement here, and then we'll move on to the other segments. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, thank you for supporting The Basin Binge. By listening to that, let's move on to the other segments here. Pick Your Poison. Pick Your Poison is the rating scale here at The Basin Binge all based on the bingeability of the film, how I would choose to interact with it after watching it. The options are to never watch it again, which is really straightforward. Above that is to stream it. It's on a service I'm already paying for. I'm looking for something to watch. When I'm browsing, I would click on it. Above that is to rent it digitally or physically, pay a few dollars and rent it. And top of the list is to buy it, own it, watch as many times as you can. Kung Fu Panda 3 is definitely a buy, but it's more of a buy of the trilogy in the way that I bought it in a bundle deal. It came with all three films. That is how I would buy this film again if I were choosing for Pick Your Poison. Mainly because this trilogy is one that I want to revisit again, and I'm not going to skip a single one. I think all of these films have qualities of them that I enjoy, and they are all, all entertaining and fun. I wouldn't skip the third. It's not bad by any means. But as far as an individual film goes, it's more along the lines of a rent. I would have no problem paying a few dollars when wanting to come back to it, but I'm not going to be itching to rewatch this as much as the first two. Kind of a weird in-between, but because of the great trilogy that it's a part of, it's a buy. So on to the next segment, kind of part of that, live up. This is where I talk about my expectations for the film and if it's able to live up to them. It originally started for films that I'd never seen before, and this happens to be one that I hadn't seen before. My expectations for it were lower. I kind of saw the ratings decline over the films. I knew this was the least well-received. Not that it was badly received, but just not as highly praised as the others. My expectations weren't low. I wasn't expecting something bad. I just, they weren't as high as the other films. I was really excited to see the animation and hope for more beautiful image. And I was also looking forward to seeing who, or hearing, I guess, who, what voices were recruited and who the new members of the voice cast were with these new characters. And in those two aspects, it completely exceeded my expectations. Visually, it's remarkable. I think this is the most artful, if that makes sense. The color palette, the artwork done, storyboarding, all those things. I think this film visually is my favorite. It has a beautiful combination of 3D and 2D effects multiple times throughout the film. Really strong lighting. For animation, it's probably the most technically proficient, and it really shows. Beautiful images. The animation really is full of rich detail, and it's striking beauty. There's a clear love for the art form of animation here, and it's really fun to enjoy. 
the voices, of course, they completely exceeded my expectations, especially with Jackie. I We get so much more of Monkey and actually the amount that I wanted, and it was really, really fun, and I loved it. It was a good balance where it wasn't just, oh, here's a ton of Jackie. It was an appropriate response for side characters, but one where they we were able to feel their personality and Jackie's personality, and it was really fun. As far as new characters go, Brian Cranston and J.K. Simmons are two phenomenal additions, especially with Brian Cranston's comedic bits. He really surprised me with how funny he is. So in those ways, it completely exceeded what I was expecting. As far as the story goes, it's kind of on par with what I was expecting. It did live up, yes, exactly as I expected as far as the story goes. It's good. It has positive qualities, but not quite as powerful as the other films. And that's just because of the weak connection it has to Poe. And it feels a little bit more forced and a little bit safer. And the music. I I love the score of this. Hans Zimmer does a great job. I love Kai's theme. It's actually one of my favorites from the entire trilogy. But John Powell is severely missed, and it misses that duality that it had before between their two different composing styles and different sounds and the way that it complemented the film. That that is missed a little bit. There you go. That's how it lived up. On to the next segment, Lame, Fave, or Fame. Hello, everybody. You're all right. Simmer down. Simmer down. Thank you. Okay. This is a segment just for the Animation Hall of Fave. As an entry into the supposed Hall of Fave, is it lame and doesn't deserve to be here? Is it a fave where I recognize it's not loved by everybody, but something that I really love? Or is it a fame where it deserves wide recognition and should be regarded as a wonderful piece of animation, even though animation is definitely not a genre? This film was hard to pick with this segment. I'm going to say that it's fame, mainly as part of the trilogy, because it's a phenomenal trilogy, and this trilogy as a whole deserves fame for... Uh, the great stories and animation that it has for Poe. If I wanted to convince someone of the beauty of the Kung Fu Panda movies, I would probably show them this one because it's the most stylized, it's the most visually impressive. This segment also, I'm realizing, has incredible limitations. You know, what if something isn't necessarily fame or fave, and but definitely isn't lame? And that's where this kind of relies, where as an individual entry, this isn't the strongest. I don't think it deserves fame because it's a very safe film. It's not a fave, not because I dislike it, but just because Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2 are already my favorites and superior to it. But it's definitely not lame. It's really fun. The characters are still fun. There's pure love for animation, and it's visually incredibly impressive and really beautiful. It's just going to kind of ride the coattails as part of the Kung Fu trilogy into fame. So with that, we can move on to binge points. This is where I get to talk about Easter eggs, details, just fun things that I want to mention, trivia, behind-the-scenes things, whatever. And the first one is just one I noticed in the film that I absolutely love. So when Poe goes into the spirit world or the spirit realm and those flowers start to spin and glow before everyone rushes around them, they're just kind of on their own there. There's the Kung Fu fighting opera light motif when he goes into the spirit world. I'll see if I can pull a clip and, and try and play the sound real quick. All right, I was able to find one. It's just the, the very, very last notes we hear the oh, I'm way off tune, but it's it's just a fun detail. Um, so yeah, that's really the only one I noticed in the film. As far as the other details goes into the production, the filmmakers actually wanted to learn more about pandas. So they went to the Panda Research Center in China and they saw pandas rolling around to get places and decided to incorporate it into the movie. And that's why we get pandas rolling. Other fun details in the film that I had to do some research, I definitely didn't notice this, but on Kai's belt, the Chi amulets 
of the masters that he's captured. There's a lot that he doesn't use. There's Master Elephant, Master Hippo, Thundering Rhino from Kung Fu Panda 2, who's mentioned, Lizard, Lizard, Komodo, Frog, Crab, and then Tai Lung. It's fun that Tai Lung, we we learn in this film that the Wuxi Fingerhold sends people to the spirit realm, so Poe sent him there in the first film, and then he was captured by Kai. Now, speaking of those jade zombies, the zombies, they were actually animated differently. When you animate, you have to animate frames. So you, typically a film is made at 24 frames per second. That's how many frames you see are, are in a second. That's how movement's made. I'm not going to explain cameras and movement making. You get it, but it's traditionally 24 frames a second. So animation, depending on how you animate it, is usually 12, meaning you get movement on every other frame. So you get a position that holds for two frames and then another one. So it's not as fluid or 24 frames. And that's what generally CG 3D animation is, 24 frames. And that's what Kung Fu Panda is. The zombies, though, they were animated to skip frames. So I think that they were probably animated on 12s or maybe like an odd number so that their movement would be completely different than the living masters so that they weren't fluid, that they they were very herky-jerky. And uh, I thought they were just animated jerky. I thought that maybe the rigging that they did for the animation, they just made a little more harsh. I don't know what the right word is, but that's cool that they used an old animation trick of just skipping frames. Like I said, clearly there's just a love for animation. Now, speaking of animation, this film was actually co-produced between DreamWorks Animation here in the US and then a production company called Oriental DreamWorks, which is a Shanghai-based animation studio. It was created in 2012 between DreamWorks and a bunch of Chinese companies to create an Oriental DreamWorks animation. So a third of the film was made in China at the Oriental DreamWorks, and the rest of it was made in the United States at DreamWorks. This actually marks the first time that any major American animated feature film was co-produced with a Chinese firm, which is kind of cool. This also led to a lot of advantages for the filmmakers. Long story short, China has a lot of rules for films being released there, um, and so this co-production allowed for bigger take of the box office in China. It allowed it to be released there better, and it actually led to some really great things. So They wanted the film to be really, really accessible in China, and obviously so. So they actually, normally, of course, if you've seen international films, like the next review that you're going to see on this, when the film is animated, they're animating the mouse to match the movement of the original voice cast. So if they're speaking Japanese, for example, the mouse are going to match Japanese language. Well, obviously, here's the case for English. The, The mouse match the English words. They were performed by the actors. So when individuals internationally see the film, the and they have a Chinese dub, those voices aren't going to line up with the animation. That's what dubbing is. But to overcome that, they wanted the film to be really successful. The Chinese version of the film is completely animated in Chinese, making that be the only other version besides English where the characters' lips are synced to the voices, which is I just thought was really, really cool. But those are all the binge points I had. The Blu-ray extras were pretty limited about these films, but particularly about Kung Fu Panda 3 which is weird because it was delayed. Not the Blu-ray, but the film was delayed because they didn't want it to interact with, I think it was um, The Force Awakens. One of the Star Wars films, it has to be The Force Awakens. Either way, it's interesting to me that they didn't use that time to make some cool bonus features. I mean, they had some, it was just limited. Anyway, on to the next segment, least and likes. This is where I talk about my least favorite scene and my favorite scene. My least favorite isn't a scene, again, these films have qualities that every single scene I'm enjoying in some aspect but it's just the part of the film that the journey for Chi doesn't feel as personal to Poe as the other ones did. When, for example, when he masters Chi, it doesn't feel like he mastered part of himself. There's a line from Shifu earlier when he says, 
Mastery of chi requires mastery of self. When Poe got the dragon's scroll and understood it, it felt like he understood his worth. He understood that there was no secret ingredient that he didn't have to be someone that he wasn't. When Poe gained inner peace, it felt like he truly gained inner peace, and that's what allowed him to have the ability. Where here, it just feels like he just got chi. There, there isn't so much personal success. I don't know how is he mastering himself. Maybe just because he recognizes he can be himself and teaches others that. Just when I think of mastery of self, that's not necessarily what comes to mind. So, what do I like? What's my favorite? The first half of the film I really, really love, or kind of the opening of the film, it is super stylized animation, and the characters are really fun. We get to see more of the five doing their thing, but we also see how Poe has rubbed off of them, and they're becoming more relaxed and more fun. We get more character work with them, more voice work. We also get what these Kung Fu Panda films have done really well, that none of their relationships were reset. The five, while still being superior in Kung Fu ability, they can throw them around like Ragdoll, particularly Tigress. They respect Poe. They understand that he's the Dragon Warrior. They also respect their masters and understand the ways that they have been wrong, and so they humbly accept Poe as their new instructor. We also get more Monkey talking and interacting with the other five, which for me is just a lot of fun. If you've been listening to this episode, you know I love Jackie Chan. So seeing more of him and allowing his characterization to come through the character of Monkey was lots of fun, and every line of his mouth made me laugh. It felt very at home for a Jackie Chan character. But to pick a particular scene, I'm going to go all the way to Poe training the pandas. It's ridiculous, and I love the animation. It's the part of the film where it feels like it's trying to do something. While I feel like the message doesn't totally land, I feel like they're attempting to land it. Besides that, the animation is just fantastic. Panel transitions, the 2D animation, the saturated color palette, and I love it. And also Tigress's reaction of confusion and bewilderment to the whole thing is it makes it fun. Another great scene like that to mention is when Poe goes back to bed when his dad tells him to sleep in. The editing and sound effects in that are hilarious, and I just like scenes like that that are really fun and stylized, because as far as this film goes, that's the strongest part of it for me. So now we can move on to the last segment, Fall In. This is where I get to talk about the messages, themes, takeaways of the film. And I think that I'm really going to focus on that line, mastery of chi requires mastery of self. I'm not an expert on chi. My understanding is that it's the spiritual, so to speak, power within ourselves that allows us to do remarkable things and add light and add energy into the world that is positive. That truly does require mastery of self. It's an inner thing to be able to give. There's a great quote that I'm probably going to butcher that says something where you can't lift others from below, meaning that if you want to lift others up, you have to be lifted up yourself. Not that you have to be above them, but you can't lift people from below. While I don't think that that is super personal to Poe, it is a message that line alone is one that I can relate to. The the last few weeks, I've just kind of felt in a funk. I haven't been as self-mastered as I would hope, and there's a lot of ways that I'm trying to improve that, to avoid distractions and to be more diligent, those types of things. And when I'm not, I feel that effect inward. Not that the day is horrible or that I've done something wrong or super regrettable or anything like that. Good things are still accomplished. I'm still with individuals that I love. I'm still at peace with myself as an individual. But there's just an inner power that isn't as there when I feel like I'm not mastering myself, when maybe I'm a little too on autopilot in the wrong ways, if that makes sense. So that, that's, that's very, very relatable. Now, that is a difficult thing. Mastery of self is something that we just have to figure out. But I do like the idea that in order to do that, 
we just have to be ourselves, that we don't have to become something else. We just have to become us. We have to turn ourselves into ourselves. And I think that that's a, a wonderful idea. And then, of course, the great line from Master Shifu, which is kind of in line with that. If you only do what you can, you will never be more than you are now. And I think that in the journey of self-mastery, there is a requirement of more of what we can't do um, that is in line with ourselves. And I, I, just, I just really like that. I don't have much more to elaborate on that. Again, I think just because that part of the film is the weakest, uh, we spend a lot more time focusing on Poe having two dads than we do about his mastery of self, which just feels very, very disconnected. Now, I love the journey of Mr. Ping, and I love Mr. Ping's selflessness and his ability to add light to the world by giving more love to Poe, which would probably be really scary and new. And I just, I love Mr. Ping and his selflessness, but it doesn't really feel related to anything else that Poe is going through. Mastery of Chi requires mastery of self. That's, that's the takeaway from the film. So thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying these Kung Fu Panda episodes. Thank you for the reception to the first two. Thanks for downloading. Again, leave a review, especially on Podchaser. Everything is linked below. Podchaser is great if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Additionally, if you've left reviews there before, you can leave reviews on each individual episode. It helps out the show a ton, helping the algorithms of the internet recognize it as a good podcast to recommend to individuals. Additionally, it gives you an entry into the giveaway for this film, potentially, if you like it, or any other that you want to pick your poison for. There's a lot of great films. Really excited for a bonus episode that's going to be coming out this week, an episode that I had no plans for, didn't even know of the movie, and I, someone recommended to me, and I'm completely blown away by it. It's a, it's a perfect inclusion and a perfect entry into the Animation Hall of Fame. I'm really excited for that. In addition to some other exciting films, as we're done with the trilogy, we'll get some more individual entries here at Animation Hall of Fame too. So thank you again for listening during this animation season. This is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.